Hello, and welcome to the Pondering Theologian podcast. I am the host, Nathaniel. In this episode, I would like for us to think about our callings. Um, Not just the obvious things, but the little ones as well. Uh, The nagging little things that we feel that we should do, or sometimes the annoying things that we see, know we can affect or change, and just don't always address. I found motivation for this episode in Ezekiel chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, Mark chapter 6, 1 through 13, 2 Corinthians 12, 2 through 10, and Psalm 123. Uh, And I'll put that all in the show notes. Um, I will read Ezekiel and 2 Corinthians in the episode, and I would recommend reading Mark and Psalm 123 when you have time. So let's get into the episode. Uh, By definition, a calling is a strong urge towards a particular way of life, career, or vocation. A lot of times we focus on that last part, uh, the calling, uh, a, a vocational aspect of a calling. However, that way of life aspect is the one we'll focus more on today. I imagine most people uh, listening have an idea what it is that they want uh, or wanted to do and hopefully work, uh, you are working towards, or if you're retired, you work towards it and look for God uh, to give you guidance. Uh, The calling towards a way of life is a complex thing. It is not uh, as easy as, you know, the, the diets we maintain, or routines, the hobbies, uh, and things like that. Uh, the first thing is that as soon as we accept Jesus, we have now adopted the Christian way of life. But even that is subjective and not simply accepting Jesus. So let's start there. Uh, we say we are Christians. What is this way of life? Well, by definition, a Christian is someone who is Christ-like. So we are adopting a pattern of life modeled by Jesus Christ. Someone petty might respond to this by not wanting to wear sandals and walk everywhere. Uh, Christ's actions uh, were always evidently caring for people. He called disciples around him who were close companions, a group larger than the twelve, if we count, you know, like Lazarus, the Marys, Martha, their families, and so on. Uh, Christ cared for them all, and there's evidence that there were disciples in uh, a little bit more than a hundred by the time the church started in Acts. Um, but Christ cared for them all and tried to look out for them specifically. Uh, Then he cared about all the other souls that he came into contact with. He healed countless peoples. He provided uh, spirit for both body and uh, soul. And he shared wisdom for anyone who would listen. He ate with those rejected by society or looked down upon. And above else, he invited everyone to come alongside him in the the ministry of his time on earth. 
It is layered in so many ways. Uh, you know, he spoke kindly and gently. He offered harsh warnings and corrections. Those are all things that we accept when we choose to search and follow that calling. So now I wonder what other aspects in our calling that we might search for. So let us read Ezekiel uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. It says, He said to me, O mortal, stand up on your feet, and I will speak with you. And when he spoke to me, a spirit entered into me and set me on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. He said to me, Mortal, I am sending you to the people of Israel, to a nation of rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have transgressed against me to this very day. The descendants are impudent and stubborn. I am sending you to them, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God. Whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious people, they shall know that there has been a prophet among them. Whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a a rebellious house. I want you all to think, whether from the past or the present, what is something that you have felt, some, you know, iota of passion or emotion that you should speak to some person or a group of people about? Here, Ezekiel is being sent to speak about the sinful and fallen ways of the chosen people, the people of God, the Israelites. It is a warning from God to them before they are taken up into the Babylonian exile. God is explicit here what God wants Ezekiel to do and say, and that Ezekiel should not be dissuaded by the people he is speaking to because this is a direct calling by God to do something. In this case, we know what history has written, and that Ezekiel went and did, and what he said mostly did fall on deaf ears. So the question for you to consider is, what is God calling you to say and to who? This is not a call to be overtly political, analytical, or judgmental. This is a call to examine what is in your heart, not your mind, and what needs to be said to someone or a group of people. This can be an arduous task, uh, you, know, uh, you know, being a conduit of the world, uh, word. You know, uh, and most of us think of ministers in that moment. You know, they're paid, after all, to be in the pulpit and tell you what the word and the spirit says. However, all of us are called at one moment or another to speak to someone, even one person in our lives, sometimes many or groups of people. Some moment of clarity and connection with God, a a calling to be a conduit uh, is, is something that happens for anyone who chooses to be a Christian. So what is it that some of you are being called to say and to whom? Who is the Israelite that you need to speak to, so to speak? 
you know, you don't have to be analytical or think about how receptive that person may be. Think only of your connection to God and what it is you're being called to say and to who. It can be frustrating. Uh, we are all called to talk to someone at some point that may be to talk about our faith, our journey, simply the message of the, the Lord, simply to show Christian care and love. It can be hard as even Jesus faced pushback or deaf ear type situations. You know, the, the gospel reading that I'm pulling motivation from here takes place uh, when Jesus returned to his hometown and went to a synagogue and said and did things like the rest of his ministry. And, and they were profound. However, the people to whom it was performed around, they were in disbelief because he was a hometown boy and was not taken seriously. Uh, and Jesus says in this gospel reading, prophets are not without honor except in their hometown and among their own kin and in their own house. And I'll be honest, you know, when I speak where I am well known, I'm not always taken very seriously or my words do not go very deep. However, these words by Jesus spoken in his hometown or in my hometown or in your hometown, if they are from God, if those are moments of you truly being a conduit of God, if you are simply the medium which God speaks through, it matters less how receptive those people are. It matters only that you speak what you are called to, to say or, or, or do what you are called to do. You know, a few years ago, I operated a, a boat for an organ organization, uh, and it broke down with people in it out on uh, a large body of water. Legally, I was responsible for everyone on that vessel. You know, I made my fears and angers known to the leadership of that organization. And that was a couple years ago. Um, last year, I operated the, a vessel for that organization again, and the same thing happened. I again made my personal and legal grievances known. Will things change for that organization? It may. It does not matter, though. I could let it go, but I know that it is that as a Christian and as a responsible person, I have to say something whenever I'm in that situation. And if I'm in that again, I will again have to say something. Uh, but what are you being called to do or say right now? That is the question I want you to keep thinking about. You know, operating a vessel for an organization is not my calling in a vocational sense, but it is what I was called to do in that moment. Speaking up is in line with the way of life I have committed to as a conduit of truth and of love. I, uh, I heard a story a few years ago of a young lady who went to get gas, and as she paid for her gas, she felt that she needed to do a headstand in the aisle of that store. She pushed it off, paid, and left. And as she got down the road, she felt that nagging feeling that she needed to go back and do this headstand. You know, she drove for a while and started praying and arguing with God. Eventually, the feeling got to be so nagging and annoying that she turned around and drove back. Angrily, she walked into the gas station, turned to the cashier, and said, I'm sorry, 
God wants me to do this. She did the headstand there in the aisle. When she was done, the cashier was in tears. Not of laughing, though. The cashier told the young lady that she was considering ending her life and had asked God, if God was real, to have someone come do a headstand in the gas station to prove it. And I don't know the validity of this story, and there is something to be said of pushing God, but consider the situation. Focus only on this young lady. She felt called to do something that she thought was ridiculous and tried to get away from it. In the end, she made a difference. You know, life-changing difference in the life of another. What are you being called to do or say as part of your commitment to be Christ-like? You know, this doesn't have to be dramatic like the last uh, illustrations I gave. Consider options around you now, you know. There may be a Bible school at the church you attend. Uh, you know, in in my region, uh, there is it gets to be pretty uh, sparse the the help that you can get for these, and so there's many churches around who just are looking for people that will come in and help. Um, you know, and there are so many people who just need someone to talk to because of the isolating effects of the pandemic. Um, and, and, and that is still being felt by so many people. But think, who is it that has been on your mind this week, you know, this month, this year? Who is someone that keeps popping up in your mind? I, I will share that often someone who keeps popping up in my mind will end up being someone that when I finally reach out to them, I finally answer that nagging, uh, prodding thought in the back of my head. There's someone that needed someone to talk to or that they were looking for a connection or that they were also thinking of me or whatever it may have been. You know, um, God will put on your heart what it is that you need to do for yourself and for others that need someone to be a conduit of, of love and of care and, and just being a, a conduit of God. Because people don't always understand that it is God saying something in a moment. You know, it won't always be easy in... 2 Corinthians, uh, it says, I know a person in Christ who 14 years ago got caught up to the third heaven, whether in body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that such a person, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows, was caught up into paradise and heard things that are not to be told that no mortal is permitted to repeat. On behalf of such a one, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast, except of my own weakness. But if I wish to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will be speaking the truth, but I refrain, refrain from it, so that no one may think better of me than what is seen in me or heard from me. Even considering this exceptional character of the revelation, 
Therefore, to keep me from being too elated, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would not leave me. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whoever or whenever I am weak, then I am strong. With ferocity, God will pursue us, even to the point of making a thorn in someone's side to make sure that we go after what it is that needs to be done or said to a person or peoples. And Paul is one of those heroes of the Bible and of Christianity as a whole. And we look to Paul for almost half of the New Testament and the wisdom and ministry of it. From Paul, so much of Christianity was spread and built. And today we have slogans, t-shirts, and ministries built around his work and writings. Yet Paul had what he called a thorn in his side. He was given a nagging, painful moment in his life to make him think about what he was doing, keep him humble, and keep him focused on his callings, both big and small. You know, Moses had thorns in his side. He was an Israelite, sheltered as Egyptian royalty, taken an Ethiopian wife, murdered, and initially judged by he was a murderer, I should say, and was initially judged by his own people. Yet Moses is one of those heroes and major characters of the First Testament. Saul was chosen by God and got too big for his britches. David was addicted to flesh. Solomon addicted to flesh. Abraham was a liar and controlling. Joseph was egotistical. Jonah straight up entitled and judgmental. Peter had a temper. Paul was aggressive and passionate about that aggression. Every single one of these people are heroes of the Bible, and they had an issue or a thorn or whatever you want to call it that made them imperfect and made them sort of unqualified by our standards to do God's work. But every single one of those I mentioned and, and, and more throughout the Bible made a difference in the world and in those around them for the better. They were conduits for the understanding of the Bible and of God as we can understand God today through their works in the Bible. And if God can take the most messed up of those in their day and make them some of the most influential names in Christian history, what can God do through you? Anything and everything. So again, what is God calling you to do? Are you seeking God to be a Christian to the best of your ability? Are you a... Uh, if you are alive, you should be able to identify something. Now that sounds kind of harsh, but every moment we are alive, we are called to something. 
That might be something in nature. That might be something in a societal setting. That might just be between you and your child, friend of the young person behind the glass at the gas station, who or whoever or whatever is, as a Christian, can be an endless amount of things. Who or what are you called to do or say? When we claim the title of Christian, when you choose to become a Christian and adopt that way of life, you are committing that you will accept the call. You are committing that you will accept the call to be Christ-like. You are accepting the call to do the headstand in the middle of a gas station, to operate a boat even though you know it might break down in the middle of a large body of water. You are accepting the calling to talk to that person that you would disagree with. You're accepting the call to talk to that racist person, that homophobic person, that hateful person, that person that treats everyone poorly, whatever, whatever topic that you are utterly against the grain of what Christ taught and continues to move through the spirit. You are called to talk to the world and make disciples and to love everyone, to do God's work with everyone and everywhere. So what is it that you are being called to do or say? Who is it you are called to talk to? What is it you are called to start or go? I cannot tell you what it is. That is between you and God. But I assure you, every single one of you are called to do something. From the youngest who cannot talk yet to the oldest, everyone who is alive has a calling. We have something yet to do, to say. We do not simply do our vocation or do that one thing in our youth and then slowly wait to die. Every single one of us has something till we close our eyes and wait for Christ's return that we are called to do. So as we end this episode, consider what is yours. What is it? What is the thorn in your side? How does it make you move towards your calling? If you are not sure, you know, that is fine. But I implore you to reflect, pray, seek guidance, talk to someone about it, but figure it out. You know, till the day we die, there is work to be done in the name of the Lord. I pray that you go and search yourselves. Search out God and search out your calling. Do not sit idly by and let the gifts that you have, your talents, just set and and be wasted. I will end it there. Uh, Let me know what you think of this episode. Do you know what your calling or what your callings have been thus far in life? Did you learn something different in the scriptures I read? What would you like to hear in another episode? You know, let me know. All of the contact information for me is in the show notes. You, know, you can reach out by email, the website, social media. Reach out. I would love to hear from you. I hope you are doing well. Know that God loves you no matter what, and there is nothing that you can do about that. I'll see you in the next episode.